Hi, this is Maddie Van. I lead strategy at Network for Good Donor Advised Fund, where our organization has been deep in explorations to learn how we can provide durable capital to produce community-aligned sustainable outcomes. Uh, in our last podcast conversation, I was joined by Network for Good's CEO, Abby Ross, who's with me again today. We talked last time about the opportunity levers that we were identifying for our organization or sort of these leverage points that we've identified that we think provide the most impactful opportunities for where and how Network for Good can realize our disaster recovery vision. Um, and our vision for disaster recovery is that after disaster, everyone impacted promptly recovers and communities are revitalized through equitable and resilient recovery. Since our original conversations around these levers, which started as a list of 85, in the last podcast conversation, we talked about how we'd narrowed that down to eight. Uh, and now we have a list of the top six levers we think can be most impactful and help guide Network for Good's strategic efforts going forward. So Abby, here with me again today, I'd like to turn it over to you um, for an overview of how we're refining our six levers and where these have landed. So um, centering ourselves in, in our vision statement is that you know after a disaster, everyone impacted promptly recovers and communities are revitalized through equitable and resilient recovery. So everyone impacted promptly recovering the equity component and resilience. And so when we think about that vision statement, we've we've identified six key levers that we think Network for Good can push on to change the outcomes for impacted individuals and impacted communities towards this vision statement. So walking you through some of those six key levers, the first one is persistence. Uh, so recognizing that not everybody can make it through the process to receive funds we're thinking about how might we increase the number of people and organizations who make it through the process to receive uh, and access resources. The second lever is velocity, recognizing that resources for recovery take a long time to arrive because the granting agencies have like complex and frankly inefficient processes. So the, the question we're asking is how might we increase the velocity of funds to reach individuals and communities after a disaster? The third one is flexibility. So recognizing that you know not everybody receives the right resources to recover because they're not given the agency to decide what successful recovery looks like for them. So we're thinking about how can we increase the flexibility of inbound funds for individuals and communities? Yeah, and that flexibility lever is one I think we've been the least sure about how well positioned Network for Good specifically is to influence, but we've become increasingly confident that it's one of the most important levers in this set. Um, so it's one we're holding on to and we continue to sort of circle around and see how we can uh, influence it. Yeah, so, so the next one is um, recognizing that communities aren't capturing all of the available resources. I've shared the story about Kentucky and even just thinking about how philanthropy at large responds to natural disasters. We're asking ourselves the question of how might we increase funding to communities to meet the requirements to access new or sideline resources? Um, so this is how do we catalyze the potential resources? The next one is community capacity. So recognizing that most resources go towards like temporary or pop-up organizations that, you know, come in to help with the relief, but they're not working on the long-term recovery. So we're thinking about how might we give communities the capacity to allocate resources to own their own recovery and revitalization. And then lastly is what does it look like to invest in resilience? 
So resources from, you know, the first disaster that hits a community doesn't include ways to improve because those funds are just going towards relief and rebuilding, you know, quote unquote, back to normal. So we're asking ourselves the question of how might we increase the overall adoption of rebuilding, but more importantly, rebuilding with resilience. And as it relates to resilience, it's clear that Network for Good isn't the only organization thinking about this as a lever. Uh, it was actually pretty serendipitous that we found that IDEA, which is a leading human-centered design firm, and two of the largest insurance organizations, CSAA and Aon, were partnering on a design challenge to answer just this question. Yeah. Um, and that's been an exciting conversation to find ourselves in. Had great conversations with IDEO, with CSAA, which is part of AAA Insurance. And we've decided to come on board as a partner in IDEO's Climate Resiliency Challenge, uh, which is this challenge that's designed to generate novel, scalable, and community-informed innovation that specifically seeks to engage frontline communities in designing innovations, um, all of which are geared toward preventing, preparing for, and recovering from the most urgent climate-related disasters. So the alignment with these um, our areas of focus is pretty um, on point. Well, given that we have you know six key levers in you know a, a pretty juicy vision statement, um, and and Maddie, you've had particular energy around this partnership. How did you decide that this was the right fit for us? Yeah, fun question. Um, I think it's so squarely it lands right in this resilience lever that we've been talking about, but there's a lot of overlap even with some of the other areas of focus we've been talking about. One of the the projects or efforts that you and I have been working on over the last few weeks is laying the groundwork for intentional decision-making around the kinds of pilots and experiments we want to pursue going forward. And with our refined levers, we built this scorecard that's based on them. Um, And it's also based on not just which of our six levers does any given opportunity aligned to, but how does it give us an ability to push on that lever and demonstrate some kind of measurable change? Uh, Does it provide inputs for the system redesign components that we've been thinking about? Uh, Then there's just sort of like the more organizationally aligned um, question of, does it help us reach our annual OKRs? And then I think another key piece we've been thinking about as we, we think about how to rubric or scorecard opportunities is just how strong is the partner and or the concept. And we've been really excited about the team um, that's leading this challenge with IDEO, CSAA, um, and have had great conversations with them. So we're excited about um, this this opportunity mapping to all of these pieces we've laid out in our scorecard. And so uh, obviously kind of scored high on, on, on our scorecard for why we think there's alignment. Um, but, but what are we really testing with this partnership and, and what do you expect to get out of it? Yeah. um, Well, our hypotheses sort of as it relates to this resilience lever are that um, relate to this lever and to this opportunity is that by seeding innovation and climate resiliency solutions, we think we can build a portfolio or help build a portfolio of investment ready organizations that are equipped to capture more or new funding. Um, And with that hypothesis, we have some underlying assumptions or this sort of point of view that there are currently capacity timescale and funding barriers that prevent community solutions from getting funded and then from scaling. Um, And also that community aligned resilience projects can't always access the available funding because they aren't ready to go. They aren't shovel ready as we've heard 
uh, a term we've heard tossed around in this conversation, because there's just simply isn't sufficient capital or early investment to support the design and, and planning stage so that it can become a fundable opportunity. And so that's sort of our first hypothesis around this is that by seeding innovation here, um, more organizations will be equipped and ready to capture uh, funding, which which really honestly in, in ways relates also to our catalyze um, sidelined resources lever of, of helping capital get directed to opportunities here. And then another hypothesis we have in this is that by elevating and accelerating these promising new solutions, we can also raise awareness of community-driven solutions and in so doing can influence or can inspire new funders to commit capital to resilience. So we're excited about that piece as well. Um, and then I think our sort of overarching hypothesis with both of those is that we think if we can achieve both of those things, seeding this innovation portfolio and then elevating community solutions, for funder awareness, um, that we can help scale community solutions and really grow this resilience part of the innovation pie. Um, and obviously these are like very big and sort of loose hypotheses and one single experiment or pilot, this challenge isn't going to prove any of them out uh, necessarily, but we're excited to play, I think, in the sandbox alongside these really great partners who are leading this challenge um, from the insurance industry and, and elsewhere to explore sort of how we can foster ecosystem collaboration around this lever too. So we could basically phrase our hypothesis to say that, all right, in order to increase the adoption of resilient solutions among the communities recovering from a disaster, we need to demonstrate that the market for investing in resilience innovation products projects is, is there. Um, do you think that this challenge positions us or how do you think this can, this challenge positions us to start testing that specific hypothesis? Great question. I think one big piece that we're excited about in becoming a partner on this challenge rather than just sort of a public observer of the results is that, um, we'll gain access to some interesting submission data, have a chance to really understand the trends and what projects were submitted, what kind of feedback those projects received, um, which should give us insights into what communities are thinking about, um, which aligns to sort of this bigger system redesign goal of how can we um, increase visibility to illuminate the gaps? What are what are communities focused on and thinking about and what's not getting funded sufficiently today? Um, and I think the hope is that in understanding where some of those innovation gaps are, um, it could lead to ideas around how we can uplift solutions in those areas specifically, or maybe those gaps signal something else entirely. But the hope is that we can learn from that data um, to get a sense of what the market for investing in resilience innovation projects look, looks like. Yeah, super interesting. Um, and just really tactically, like after this challenge, how are we measuring success? Is there some sort of crunchy metric we're looking at uh, that we'll kind of take forward with us. Oh, isn't that the fun question? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think one one thing we've talked about is that one way we might track is just seeing how many of the winning projects from this challenge who sort of uh, access the prize pool at the end of this, how many of those winning projects ultimately receive any kind of follow-on funding? Um, like through this collaboration, if we if we can track some of that kind of data, hopefully we can also look at who of those funders who provided that follow-on funding did so because of this challenge, um, how much of their portfolio came from the challenge or from similar innovation pipelines like this versus coming from 
elsewhere. And so I think there's a little bit of a longitudinal just like tracking and observing to see what happens with these projects after the fact. Um, But that follow on funding metric and what kind of scale these projects can reach is part of what we'll be looking at um, to start with. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think I'm really excited about this, um, frankly, because we were thinking about how could we incubate innovation and this gives us a really lightweight way to learn. Um, I imagine some more quantitative metrics might emerge, um, as we, you know, dig in into the learning a little bit around, you know, just answering the question of, all right, what does it mean to be rooted in community solutions? What is a model for getting the best ideas and kind of project pipeline look like for resilience? And just having an inside peek into the journey for community, we might end up with metrics around, um, you know, speed to projects uh, coming to market, the affordability and parity with kind of non-resilient solutions. Um, so I think there's a lot of really interesting things that we can do. Um, and ultimately, I think that, you know, when we think about durable capital for a sustainable solution um, and recognizing that this is about funding sustainable outcomes, um, you know, figuring out, all right, well, what are some uh, durability of capital metrics towards these resilience right. and sustainable uh, outcomes metrics that, that we can kind of impact long term. So um, this gives us, like you said, a great sandbox to play in, a great way to learn and drift off of other partners who are asking the same questions of us, um, wow. you know, in a, in a really exciting way. So, so thanks so much for spearheading this opportunity um, and bringing, you know, such thoughtful, uh, such a thoughtful approach. Yeah, of course. I'm excited just that that IDEO and CSA invited us on board. Um, And I think, I mean, to your point, I think what we'll learn through this too is we're testing some hypotheses just around how we run an effective experiment. Our hypothesis now is that the scorecard we've created is the right guide to produce an effective experiment or pilot opportunity, and maybe it isn't. So I think we'll we'll learn about our process as well. and it's exciting to have this kicking off as we think about the many other sort of pilots, opportunities, partnerships that are in our cooker. So thanks, Abby, for having this conversation with me. I think it's exciting to think about these levers, excited to see where things go from here. Let's do it. Let's do it.